Minimalists. <laughs> Hello, patrons. This is Ask the Minimalists number 35. Dude, I can't believe we've been at this for 35 years. <laughs> well, it's been 39 <laughs> years. If you're talking about life. <laughs> So uh, I put this post out on Patreon. I said, what haven't we discussed? Mm. And obviously this is for our true fans and our VIPs. Thank you all for not just being Patreon supporters, but um, being the the most valuable and the true fans. Yeah, our favorite patrons. Yes, indeed. Don't tell the other patrons. All right, so Ryan, I'm just going to start. I, I went and responded to most of these for people who submitted them on time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Susan said, I'm a huge fan of Buy Nothing, which is a mm. Facebook group for neighbors. Uh, it's I've basically had that it's recommended a, to me several times. Sorry. Yeah, it's, 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 it's local groups basically where you don't, you, instead yeah. of buying things, you share them amongst your neighborhood, right? I love it. I love that communist community. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, 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 yeah, I would call it socialist. Is communism yes. still funny? Is it still in vogue to joke about communism? <laughs> I don't know. I think people like it now. <laughs> Uh, they just haven't looked in the rear view mirror to see mm. how it didn't work out. Mm. Oh, it's because you didn't do it right. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> Guess what hasn't worked? Communism and capitalism. You're right. Neither one of them have worked, and we have to move past both. Right. And and, and so you know, capitalism yielded crony capitalism. Yes. Communism yielded crony communism. Just communism. <laughs> 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 anyway, um... So, yeah, and, and what we really need to do is figure out, and we're not going to solve that here on, on this podcast, but uh, or on, on this Ask the Minimalist Anything episode, but, yeah, we, we, we need to figure out what are the best parts of capitalism, what's the best parts of community, mm-hmm. and how do we marry those in some new form that leaves behind the negative aspects of, of either one of those. You know what I love about like the buy nothing groups, the zero waste groups, uh, they are, I feel like they're helping to restore a balance between, uh, you know, not having enough, which is where we, you know, hunter gatherer, where we come from. Not that long ago. I I would argue hunter gatherers had enough. They actually identify what enough was. Yeah, that's true. So we're just trying to get back to hunter-gatherer culture. That's it. No, to this point of mass consumerism, or is that kind of redundant? It's just consumerism kind of. Yeah, mass consumption. Mass consumerism, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I love how they're like, you know, they're kind of helping us find this this middle ground. But, you know, the thing is if we went to a, if we went to a completely, uh, you know, economic situation of buy nothing and everyone traded. I mean, there is a zero sum game, right? Like things are going to break down. You're eventually going to have to get something, mm-hmm. um, which creates its own problem. So uh, I'm not for or against buy nothing. I'm for it if that if it fits your lifestyle, right? And you want to, um, yeah, and you want to try and buy nothing. But you know, we are not advocates of don't buy anything. Right. So the buy nothing group, it's a bit of a misnomer because it just means uh, you, you don't necessarily have to buy the things if they're available first right. in your community. Mm-hmm. And so you can you can borrow things as well. So Susan here is saying, I'm a huge fan of buy nothing and have mentioned it to you guys a few times, but you never shared it with your listeners. Well, now we're sharing it. Yeah. I'm curious. Is there a reason why? Oh, wow. Yeah, it's because we're trying to silence you, Susan. Yeah, by nothing hasn't sponsored us. <laughs> <laughs> and I've responded like, I don't even remember you sharing it with us, but um, uh, I haven't used it personally, so I couldn't recommend it. If you're asking me to recommend it, 
I haven't used it. So I'm not going to necessarily yeah. recommend it other than to say, if it works for you, great. And so um, have we not mentioned it in the past? I don't know. We've probably mentioned it on social media before. Mm-hmm. But if not, here, here we go. Uh, here is Buy Nothing. And there you go, Susan. Uh, Chancellor says, uh, I, some of your listeners, maybe I and some of your listeners, are college students like me and benefit from being intentional with the money and time that is not being spent on school. Do you have any advice for someone trying to be more intentional while pursuing a degree? My answer to this, I just typed it out. Don't get into debt, period. Many thousands of not rich students graduate college 100% debt free. Mm -hmm. So can you. Yeah. We'll expand on this in this episode. So um, I've been helping the the Ramsey folks. They're working on uh, a new debt-free... It's a a documentary about debt, specifically student debt. It's a weird thing because you put the word student in front of it, all of a sudden we think it's good. Yeah. Well, it's not, but don't worry, it's student debt. Well, I'm arguing with our with our uh, editor on the book right now. Yeah. Because they're like, well, there's yeah, because uh, I say I, I say some absolutes like, hey, if you have to finance it, you can't afford it. And they're like, that's absolutely not true. What about student debt? I'm like, right. yeah, you can't afford it. Right. Um, I'm not saying I'm not telling you not to get a mortgage. What I'm saying is, just by definition, you can't afford it. Well, let me ask you this, Josh. Would you rather have a mortgage? Or no mortgage. <laughs> well, no, I guess what I'm saying is, is like, of course, everyone's going to choose. I'd rather not have a mortgage. And that's what we're saying is that if you can avoid debt at all, cause yeah, you uh, there are some debts that are worse than other debts, you know, the payday loan versus the mortgage. Like, yeah, there are debts that we can handle uh, that, yeah, we can, whatever, we can take them on. But ultimately, if we can live a debt-free life, like that's that's the best way to try and live. Yeah, I certainly prefer that. And so uh, the nice thing about the whole student debt thing is there are already recipes out there. Yeah, there are people who are doctors who didn't have money for college, mm-hmm. but they found a way. So, so uh, in fact, Chancellor, here's what I'm going to tell you: you got to check out Debt Free Degree by Anthony O'Neill if you haven't yet. He gives you specifically different recipes of people who graduate college who weren't rich, but either through scholarships or through different grants, et cetera. But Josh, it's too hard. Yeah, right. I know. It's, <laughs> well, here's the fascinating thing is you're, let's say you're 18 years old, right? Okay, you're I'm 18. Ready, <laughs> you're getting ready to go to college. <laughs> I could pull off 18. <laughs> yeah, totally. Slash 48. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's new podcast called Barely Legal with Ryan Nicodemus. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you don't look 18. <laughs> nah, I'm not a cop either. <laughs> All right, so let's say you're 18. Yeah, let's say you're 18. You, um, uh, uh, um, where was I going with this? I don't I'm know, man. Completely... I totally derailed. Oh this. my god, oh, dude! I did my job well. Chancellor, just buy the book, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about being 18 years old, not having any debt, getting ready to go into college. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know where we go from there. So, okay, S- right. SLH has a question. Uh, Josh and Ryan, I know both of you are not legally married to your spouses. Mm-hmm. Did either of your spouses want to get legally married? And if so, how did you approach the conversation of staying together? long term without the need for the piece of paper i told mariah to stay with me or get out <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh yeah no I, wait, it, oh, go it goes on 
I am not in a relationship, but looking for ideas on how to approach the topic mm. of staying with someone without the need for it to be legally binding. Oh, I worry so that people may think I am fickle just because I don't want to get legally married. Here's the weird thing. You're actually worried about something that's not even there yet. Yeah. You're creating a problem that doesn't exist. But they are asking this question at the right time, though, because they will, they will start to uh, have people uh, relationships in their lives romantic relationships where they do have to upfront at some point be like hey uh, ma marriage is not for me and and that's really the answer to this question uh that's how i would answer it as, well it's I was redefining just saying, marriage because I, I yeah i often say that I'm, I'm i'm married and people ask like how long have you been married you've been together i just mm -hmm. said five years like yeah. that we, we we don't we didn't have a formal wedding but so so the question here is fascinating because legally married uh, how do you approach the conversation of staying together long term without the need for a piece of paper? Well, I do have a piece of paper. It's called life insurance. Mm -hmm. And to me, that, that's so much more important and, and it's much more of a commitment. Right. It's not just a monetary commitment, but it's also saying something about the person. I'm, I'm, I'm showing through my actions mm -hmm. that it, I'm, I'm, I'm committed to this relationship. A piece of paper does not equal a, a commitment, right? right. It, it can be a signifier of mm -hmm. a commitment, but it can only be a signifier if your actions align with that commitment. Mm -hmm. There are plenty of people who have the piece of paper mm -hmm. who do not behave as though they're committed right. to their significant other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with Mariah, uh, we just, you know, we had the conversation early on about marriage and the wedding and the piece of paper and you know i had expressed like uh yeah I, I i don't really feel the need for the government to get involved in my relationship we're not religious um i also i, I really love how it sets an example in a way that says hey you can have a very meaningful relationship without having that piece of paper. I mean, to the point where this person is like, oh, that sounds interesting. I'd like to do that. And that's like when Mariah and I, if well, if we have kids, uh, I would love to set that example for them and be like, hey, you can get married. It's cool. You can go have the wedding and the piece of paper. Your mom and I didn't do that. Yeah. Um, there are many ways to do it. Uh, the other thing too, for me though, specifically, like, and this is, this is a me thing, marriage, when I had the piece of paper with my, with my, spouse my previous spouse mm -hmm. it made me complacent it's mm -hmm. like i really um i felt trapped i felt like i couldn't leave if i wanted to mm -hmm. or like now it's like that doesn't even cross my mind because i'm like oh if i want to leave i'll leave yeah and, and and same for her you and, and i think what it does yeah. in a way is it makes you earn their love trust respect caring understanding mm -hmm. in, in a way that it, because there isn't the 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 safety net of this piece of paper which isn't a real safety net anyway no. you and i have both been married in the past it just complex things is all it does yes yeah yeah so, so it, it adds that additional layer mm -hmm. of, of of complexity yeah i mean there are dude there's gonna be and i'd love to hear him in the comments of this episode the the real like the legality legal reasons the legalities behind certain aspects that you where you would want to have this piece of paper like with yeah. children and you know other things like that but like but but even then, I, I don't know them off the top of my head i just know that someone's gonna be like well you know for legal reasons you'd want for this legal reason you'd want to have a piece of paper i would love to hear about those legal yeah reasons. i would love someone to show me the scenario too because yeah. if whenever i fill out a piece of paperwork they're like are you married i'm like yeah and i define marriage differently from what maybe the state 
defines marriage. But if I'm mm-hmm. going to a massage parlor and they're like, um, check single or married, I just check married. Like, why the hell do you care, first off? Yeah. Like, it's a strange thing. Do you treat me differently if I'm single? Or? Yeah, why, or it says divorce. I never check divorce. Oh, yeah. Even though I'm divorced, it's like, why would I... Why would I? Why would I give you that information? Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. And no, so, it um, to me, it, and by the way, like if I'm ever at the hospital and 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 Bex needs to get in, yeah, of course she's my wife. Like, why why wouldn't she be able to? Right. They're not going to check your marriage certificate, right? And, and, and so, by the way, it's a weird thing. You don't ever actually need the marriage certificate to do anything right? right i can't think of a th- maybe to change your last name but even, but even then, then you, 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 can, you can still change your last name yeah yeah you can change your name to pizza pizza nicodemus if you want to <laughs> <laughs> i think someone should all right uh let's see here pamela says what have what have been your biggest mistakes in 2020 mm. my response to this was i can think of several and then i didn't elaborate because i wanted to save it for the episode so it was several mistakes uh so far this year have you had any that really stand out to you i mean i've got some like minor i can't think of anything huge like uh i bought tesla stock and sold it all Mm -hmm. because it hit a number i'm like i'm gonna sell it when it hits this number Mm -hmm. i made a good amount of money from it but like it has since gained like another 50 percent yeah so it's like I look at like, oh man, I could have sold it, but that's stocks. You can always buy lower and sell higher. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we're talking like a nice chunk of you know, not like five figures worth, but it's a few thousand bucks that like I could have like had. But uh-huh. I don't. I mean, but that's the kind of mistake that I. I don't. Is that a mistake though? I yeah, think it's I probably a mistake to invest anyway in an individual stock. Yeah, I mean that, that's what that, that's what I would argue is yeah. like it's a mistake regardless, and so yeah. like it, it, just because. It, stocks are essentially you know it's not dissimilar from commodities and mm-hmm. and and just the the risk of an in, any one individual stock is always going to be appreciably higher and thus the ro- the rewards can be much higher as yeah. well uh, but now there are tremendous stories Ryan of of young men and women but especially young men getting on this Robin Hood app which is like a you know a stock investment yeah. app, and you can buy fractions of stocks, etc., mm-hmm. and uh, just ruining their lives. In fact, there was one kid recently who I think he was twenty or twenty-one, and he was in seven hundred thousand dollars worth of debt, killed himself because he's like, "There's no way out for me." He got into seven hundred thousand dollars worth of of debt from doing day trading on stocks. How do you get into debt? Oh, because of a credit card or something. I, I don't know how 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 he did it specifically. Because the but, bank's not going to lend you seven hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, it, you know what could have happened? He could just be down seven hundred thousand dollars. He could have mm. got back down to zero. But in his mind, he was down seven hundred thousand dollars. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but at, when you're twenty one, a lot of these places will just throw credit at you, right? Yeah. And so I. It'd be pretty hard to get seven hundred thousand dollars worth of, yeah. but who knows what he did to to get there? I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, what mistakes it, have you made? Well, I've I've made quite a few, um, mm. and so I mean, I, I got COVID. That's a mistake, right? I didn't mean to to do that, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, I actually have a problem with the question, though, right? Um, what have been your biggest mistakes of, yeah. of 2020? A lot of days I drank too much coffee. Yeah, yeah. Today is one of those days. Really for me. regret. Yeah, pretty much every podcasting day, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't drink so much coffee. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, um, I I make let's let's not focus on the big mistakes. I, I think quite often I make 
small mistakes like like drinking too much coffee is probably not a big mistake for me ever Mm -hmm. but it's a small enough mistake that if i do that too often it messes with my sleep which can mess with the next day's activities Mm -hmm. and all of these small and i think that's one of the problems is we look at like well at least i haven't you know done anything horrible i didn't kill anyone this year so i guess i'm okay mm-hmm. it's like no i must I, I probably did a bunch of really small things it's the atomic habits thing with with uh, james clear yeah. former podcast guest when when we when we look at our our sort of daily habits by deviating from the better habits we're making these incremental mistakes mm-hmm. well you end up with these incremental mistakes over time all of a sudden you're walter white and you're figuring out you know how do i make 80 million more dollars by by starting the next meth empire and and so um it's all walter white never made one big mistake up front yeah um it was a a small mistake and it was like "Ah, i guess i'll I'll do this and i'll just do it once and then all of a sudden uh, things get go out of control i think some of the biggest mistakes we make is when we don't course correct yeah and so if i eat too much if i um drink too much coffee if if i even if it's like something like where i got covid that was clearly a mistake and it was before we even knew anything about covid is i got at the very very beginning Mm -hmm. of the whole thing well that mistake you you learn from that right mm-hmm. and you learn how to be more cautious not because i'm worried about getting covid again which is, is possible but um i need to be more cautious in, in my daily life um there's an essay on our website from years ago i think it's from 2011 where uh i accidentally washed half my clothes in bleach you remember that <laughs> yeah and i just wasn't paying attention and it was such a it was a big mistake because I didn't have many clothes and I, I, I separate my, I'm, I'm a segregationist with it when it comes to my laundry. <laughs> um, and I have you know, two piles and like I had my pile of white towels here and then all of my dark clothes in the other pile and I wasn't paying attention. I just put all, I, I filled the washer up with soap and then a bunch of bleach and threw my clothes in there. As soon as I did it, the moment I did it, I was like, Uh oh, Oh no. Mm. And so I ruined half of my clothes basically. Now the mistake is obvious. The bigger mistake would be to do it again, Mm. to stop paying attention. And how do we, how do we eliminate more mistakes? We start paying attention. Mm. And I think that's really the antidote to, to the most of the mistakes that we make. We just pay closer attention. Yeah. Aaron says, what can we expect once your tour resumes? How will it be different? Ryan's going to be wearing one of those hats that has six feet of distance around him. (laughs) (laughs) I will too. (laughs) Um, Don't dare me. Yeah, and uh, we're not going to be wearing pants. We'll be wearing masks, but no pants. That's right. Because screw you, government. You can't tell us to wear pants. (laughs) That's right. I just thought of something about the last question I just want to say. Don't use your mistakes to perpetuate more mistakes. Tell me about it. Well, it's like I used to just tell myself like, well, like with food, for example. Yeah. It's like <clears throat> I'd eat an Oreo and then I'd be like, oh, I shouldn't eat that Oreo. But then I'm at the store and I see like a new flavor of Oreos and I'm like, well, I already ate that one Oreo. I might as well eat some more Oreos. Right. And so like these these past mistakes lead to- A landslide. Yeah, me using- yeah, those as excuses to continue making mistakes. Uh, but the yeah, mistakes... So, so oh, go ahead. Prevent the landslide is, is what you're saying. Like, exactly. J- just exactly. because you start to, to, to you know, 
slip or crumble or whatever that uh, continues that analogy there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there is something about um, there, there's something about the 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 landslide doesn't have to happen. You don't have to to like steer into the landslide. I'm yeah. mixing metaphors like crazy here. Yeah, but but yeah, I mean, yeah, you you have like the potential to to stop the landslide. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. So the mistake we will not be making on tour is having a hug line. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean only because for, of this. Well, let's just say for the foreseeable future. Yeah. I, I so it's funny when we first started. Um, so here's another mistake I made. Hmm. Um, when when COVID first hit, mm-hmm. like I was very reactionary and 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 rightfully so. There were reasons to be very worried about this, mm. and and it was before I even knew that I I got it or whatever, but. I I remember saying even on this podcast is you know I can't imagine like going back to a world where we're shaking hands or even hugging people and I even said it but at the same time I can't imagine going back to a world where we're not hugging people as well like yeah. both futures seemed equally implausible to me and I mm-hmm. couldn't reconcile that mm-hmm. but I mean I'm already hugging people again but very much more cautiously than before, mm-hmm, right? Like mm-hmm. we we had Peter Rollins in to do the podcast and we've had several other uh, podcast guests to come in here and I'm hugging that person, but I'm not necessarily going around hugging random people on the street like I like I used to, right? right. And and so uh, the the mistake I made was being overly cautious, overly reactionary. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't an actual mistake, it was just uh, I was compensating and then you adjust back to whatever the mean is eventually. Yeah. Um, and so maybe it's the pendulum swinging until you find the balance in the middle. Yeah. So yeah, Aaron, uh, we will certainly have tours. They'll, each tour tends to be different from the previous one. So they'll continue to evolve. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have the less coast tour scheduled right now for November. Hopefully that continues. Uh, we certainly plan on it continuing. It's eight different cities and we have a podcast guest. We have a musical guest in each city. I see. I can see next year we have a book coming out. Love people use things. Mm-hmm. I can see us doing a book tour with that. It would be appreciably different from the live podcast tour. So they'll all be different. Even without COVID, they they would be different. We've done nine tours over the last ten years. Mm-hmm. This is our tenth coming up, and each of those nine tours has been different in in, in many ways. And you know, whether they're book tours, we did some meetup tours, we did film tours, we've done live podcast tours, we've done live talks. Like we we've they've always been different. Before we had to deal with a pandemic, it'll be different again, partially because of the pandemic, but also just because we like to do things differently each time we go out. Mm. All right. Matthew says, I assume you are both satisfied with your homes, but what do you see as your, quote, dream home? Obviously, we don't need excess stuff, but what are some luxuries you like architecturally? My response to this was my wife and I actually have different ideas of dream homes. So this will be a fun conversation or a fun question to answer. And plus, I think Ryan has a different idea from me. Mm. So a dream home, it depends on what you mean by by dream home. But for me, aesthetics are always really important. I'm, I'm really into aggressively minimalist architecture, almost brutalist architecture. That would be a, a more dream home for me. Uh, there's a gal I follow on instagram uh design wash which we'll put a link to that in the show notes i just saw sean write it down uh, 
she has what I would look at as a, a sort of dream home aesthetic for me. Mm. And my wife really likes that. She en- enjoys that aesthetic, but she also, for her, her, her idea of a dream home has less to do with the home and more to do with the land. She grew up on a farm. Mm. And so she'd love to have 20 acres. I like living in the city. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, thankfully we don't live together full time because of the current circumstance that, that we're in. We, we split our time. She goes back and forth between here and Montana, but I could see a long-term scenario where we lived in the same city, but there was a, or same vicinity, same mm-hmm. metro area, mm-hmm. but we had a house on a farm and a small, very small apartment in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, because, it would it would sort of scratch both itches in a way, but it would also facilitate our need to be separate because yeah. we can't be around each other all the time. Yeah, I'm. I don't. My house is more more like my dream house is more functional than it is aesthetic. Although I do appreciate aesthetics a lot, but uh, yes, land. I'll tell you like <clears throat> the uh, two things that I think about in a dream home, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I'll ever get there. I probably won't, but. Uh, having a sauna and a um, cold plunge, that's one thing, by the way. So like a sauna, because like I really love going to the Russian bathhouse. And if I could do that every day and it didn't yeah. cost a million dollars to go to the Russian bath- bathhouse, I would do it every single day. Yeah. Uh, so having access to that would be cool. Yeah. But then also when we were in, I think it was Detroit, we went to this arboretum. Mm-hmm. It was Detroit. It was like 30 degrees outside. Yeah. But like in this arboretum, it was heated. It was like a glass. It was like a big greenhouse basically. But mm-hmm. they were growing like banana trees that were producing fruit, mm-hmm. avocado trees, orange trees. So like I think about having enough land and resources to create like in Montana a place to grow an orange tree yeah. if, if I wanted to. So I don't know like what it would take to get there. But like that's when I think about a dream house, it would have those two things in it. You know, it's fascinating because in a way I look at, I look at that and I say, well, I already have access to that. Now I have a sauna at the apartment complex in which I live right. and I have a grocery store right next to me that sells oranges. Mm-hmm. And so like, in a way I feel like I already have access to, to that in yeah. my life. But for you, it, the, it's the beauty, it's the aesthetic, but it's also a bit of like the end timer, you know, like if shit hits the fan. I would love to be able to like grow my own food. Actually, I'd love to grow my own food anyway. Yeah. Because going to the supermarket it is great. It's convenient. I have access to it. But I would much prefer to have control over the food that I eat, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and for me, I, I look at the control as a, uh, and this is just a, mm-hmm. a point of, of difference. It's not a point of right or wrong here. Right. I look at the control as a, as a bit of an illusion yeah. or a burden a even yeah 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 i actually having a farm like when i when bex and i talk about this all the time about mm-hmm. you know her her idea of a dream home has to do with land and she wants horses and alpacas and all this other stuff that mm-hmm. i not not that i'm just not interested in but i'm actively disinterested mm. in horses yeah i, I don't like nature I, I, it's, it, I, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of it. Right. Um, in fact, even when we go out, we go hiking. I'm like, I prefer like a, a paved path through nature. Like right. th- that's, that's better for me. Yeah. And, but, uh, we can have both. Right. And, and in a way, because she's so independent, um, you know, she's able to have a separate living space from, from me and I'm so independent. And then we come together and we, we share our resources in a way it, it mm. it's in a way that makes sense for, for both of us. Mm. And so I think what you can illustrate here is you can have two different ideas of a dream 
or three, if we incorporate what you're talking about here, and you can have different ideas of a dream and they don't have to be mutually exclusive yeah. unless you make them mutually exclusive. All right, um, Lauren here, let's wrap up with one more question and then we've got a bunch more we'll have to save for next time here. All right. What's the best personal and professional advice you have ever been the best. given? What's the best? Yeah, and, and so I just wrote a bunch of life lessons over the last 39 years led to two pithy lessons for me. So this isn't advice that I've been given necessarily, but it's advice that I've extracted from a bunch of lessons that I've learned and been told by different mentors, professionals, etc. You can't change the people around you, but you can change the people around you. That one was really, and that was the personal one. So, so uh, the, the personal advice is, is understanding for a long time, instead of trying to influence people in a way that I'm going to make you change mm. realizing like that's futile and even if you could like force someone to be the idealized version of them you're actively making them discontented unless you're such a narcissist like I was at a point point in time where I'm like no if you just behave like me then you'll be happier <laughs> well, that's that's crazy like mm. it, it's not up to me to determine what's going to make you contented happy joyous pleased with yourself yeah. uh, well it, it, what's going to enhance your well-being mm -hmm. it's not up to me to decide that yeah. and so instead of trying to change the people in my life it's surrounding myself with people and being comfortable with the fact that people have different b beliefs and in many cases different values different desires different interests different hobbies and 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 being comfortable with that uh, professionally it's uh, this is something that i came up with just a few years ago but it was it really has to do with procrastination uh, but each the beginning of the, the year each year on January 1st, I, I tweet day one or one day, you decide. And what I mean by that is today is another day. Just because it's January 1st doesn't mean it's anything special. We've just relegated, or we, we, we've, we've decided it's, it's something special. Mm. And we've, um, we've attributed this special meaning to the first day of, the year or the first day of the month or the first day of the week or whatever. But ultimately, it's really about beginning again. This is the, the Buddhist philosophy of, of you, you, you can always begin again. And you don't have to dwell on, on yesteryear. I should have started this a year ago. Yeah, maybe. I should have planted the tree 20 years ago, but I didn't. So mm -hmm. the second best time to plant it is right now. Mm -hmm. Or I could sit here and sulk because I didn't plant the tree. And then, and then it just becomes, okay, well, I'll do it one day. Well, okay, why not make today day one? And yeah. that's the best sort of professional advice I have. So like that, that, that you can, because you can apply it to so many things. You can apply it to starting you know, a new project, whether it's you know, starting your own yoga studio, writing a book, starting a blog, quitting your job, starting a new job. Today is day one. Or you can say, well, yeah, I'll do that one day. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, the, 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 the answer is clear. Of course, it's much more difficult to say today is day one. Definitely. I think of all the times I was told to not be an idiot. So now I think to myself, before I do something, would an idiot do this? And if an <laughs> idiot would do that, I do not do that thing. What would an idiot do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, the best advice I've ever got. I don't know, man. I mean, it's all... I, I mean, the... You know, there's that the golden rule, right? Treat people how you want to be treated. Um, you know, it's not that it's 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 not that I like that's how I approach everything. But when I approach 
different scenarios, I do ask myself, I'm like, all right, uh, you know, if like, if I got a problem with you, Josh, I'll think, uh, you know, I'll be like, okay, if I wanted, if Josh had a problem with me, how would I want Josh to approach me about this problem? Mm. So like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I love taking that approach, just kind of putting myself in someone else's shoes to see how, you know, they would feel. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I think the advice that you have is really good there. I can't, nothing's like really standing out to me right now. Don't be a dick. I mean, that's a pretty good, good rule. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It is, although maybe there are times occasionally where it's appropriate to be a dick. And so like, yeah. don't, don't be a knee jerk dick. Yeah. It's, well, it makes me think about the customer service days when we were in telecom. Mm. And I just think everyone should have to work in customer service at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the fascinating thing about the telecom that we worked in. So we managed, and before we even managed stores, we worked in, in retail stores, yeah. telecom stores. And by so, the way, being a salesperson in a telecom store is mostly customer service. Yeah. 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 And, and by the way, you would even argue, even if you're just doing straight strictly sales, that's a type of customer service in a mm-hmm. way, or at least it should be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but so th- there are, they, they constantly do these surveys about like the most difficult service industry to be in. Mm-hmm. And quite often, uh, wireless telecom was second worst. Oh, wow. Uh, because people get really passionate about this thing. I mean, it's expensive. And not only is it expensive, but if, if a random person says, hey, man, can I see your phone for a second? Yeah. You're like, no. no. Why do you want my phone? Yeah. Right. But if someone if someone says, hey, can I see your book for a second? You're like, okay, yeah, fine. Yeah. Like, But if someone says, hey, hey, let me use your phone for five minutes. What? Why? Yeah. yeah. What are you going to do? I just want to look through it. Yeah. What? All right. You might regret looking through my phone. <laughs> and so people get really passionate about this. And I've had phones thrown at me. Yeah. I've had phones broken in front of me. Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, I've had people just yell, scream, mm. uh, threaten. Uh, I've had people throw phones at windows. Like it's, yeah. I've had them do crazy, crazy things. But Sean the, has seen this as well. The number one lesson I got from that, from those experiences, was when people act like that, you, you do as little as possible for that person. Yeah, yeah. You don't go out of your way to be like, oh, you just threw your phone at me. Oh man, how can I re- no, I really need to make this person's day better. Right. It's more about like, oh, how do I get them out as soon as possible and I can do that by doing as little as possible. We're that has helped me go into customer service situations where I have I'm the customer and I got a problem. It's like, "Hey, look, I'm really upset right now. Mm-hmm. I know this isn't your fault and I know that you don't make the rules." And like just that one little thing, mm-hmm. it like instead of me talking against that customer service rep, it's like you, if you were me, you'd be mad about this too. Let's try and figure this out. Like, how how can we how can we solve this? Yeah, and it's like, yeah, it's, it really goes a long way to not be a jerk. Um, well, and it's also I find a way that I also try to empower jerk. Yeah, yeah, I try to empower the customer service person yeah. because even though they may not have power, you you can at least. Uh, you can steer them in direction. So mm-hmm. the, the five words always help me or would you be willing to? Yeah. And and I do this all the time when I want to get something from uh, someone who's in customer service where I'm like, hey, I have a problem. I want to get a solution. Mm-hmm. And instead of saying, hey, I have a problem, fix it. I'm saying, hey, would you be willing to help me with this? Yeah. Because a person who's good at even mediocre customer service, what are they going to say? No. Screw right. you! I'm not willing to help you. Right, and I find it goes it goes much farther. By the way, the the, the most difficult 
customer service jobs baggage claim. I was wondering. Yeah. The, oh, wow. Think about it. Like, that would be because you lose someone's luggage and they oh, just landed in New York City. And they're taking it out on the baggage weeks. claim person. Yeah. I've actually had lost luggage. And, I, and it's funny because, like, I want to express my anger. Even like a canceled flight, so like air, I would imagine like airline workers in general. But yeah, they got to be up there. It's it's all. I always start out as like, "How's your day going? Good. Mine's going really bad. Here's why. I know it's not your fault, but like, I mean, I get people to bend over backwards. Oh, like, here's a bunch of credits. Mm-hmm. Your next flight is free. I can't tell you how many times like I've gotten the vouchers or uh, for either tickets or you know for using them in the in the you know in the airport like to buy dinner or whatever. I yeah. mean, yeah. I don't know. It goes a, it goes a long way to to be nice when you have an, an issue. Yeah, I think that's a good place to end it here. We we have a bunch more questions. We'll save them for next time. A lot of things that we have not covered yet, but uh, uh, that we've never covered actually. There are quite a few really great questions mm-hmm. here, but we are over on our time. We try to keep these ask the minimalist to half an hour, so you have these these short morsels to uh, to get you through the end of the month. But We'll be here again next month. Ask the minimalists anything. You can add to that post. I'm just going to keep answering questions. It's called uh, What Haven't We Discussed? You can find it on our Patreon page over there at patreon.com slash the minimalists. Thank you, patrons, for being, well, for patronizing us. (laughs) Sincerely, thank you for patronizing us. (laughs) Or is it patronizing? (laughs) I don't know. All right, y'all. Love people use things. See ya. The Minimalists. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs>